body. Body? Had somebody say to me, Mass, you're glowing. What are you doing? And so. This is about being authentic. <laughs> and so. So how is this for brain power? In 2002, Harvard physicians monitored monks' bodily changes when they were engaged in a meditative yoga technique known as tummo. So during this process, the monks were cloaked in wet, cold sheets. They were 9.4 degrees Celsius, if you want some clarity of how cold so they cold. were. That's so cold. I mean, that's right. This is a cold sheet. Yeah. And then cold they tap. were placed in a room that was 4.5 degrees Celsius, so frigging cold. Freezing. And um, so if your body temperature continues to drop at these conditions, death can result, which is pretty extreme. Like, obviously, these monks were very confident in their powers mm. to engage in this study. And so what happened was they went into this state of deep concentration that allowed them to actually generate body heat. And within minutes, steam was rising from the sheets. And within an hour, the sheets were actually dry. And to prove that it wasn't a fluke, on each monk, they did it three times and it was the same results. Pretty incredible. That's incredible. Did they do it on people that weren't monks? No. But how do we know that after an hour, it wouldn't just... See, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that shows up and says... In four... If you have a cold sheet on you, a wet sheet, and you're in a room for four degrees... You, I mean, your body's going to create body heat. It has to. If it doesn't, if your body temperature drops to the same temperature as the sheet, you're dead. Right. Your body yeah. temperature is 37.6 degrees. But to say. dry the sheet, that's... And to be steaming the that's sheet? That's a lot of body heat. So if I go outside and I breathe out and it's really cold, what comes out of my mouth? Oh, yeah. That steam stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why that's is a that? thing. Because my breath is hot. Condensation. Yeah. So I just were you I, meditating I, before you went outside? No, yeah. I'm not. Maybe, and I'm maybe you were in a, a constant monk. state of meditation. So please don't take me as saying that this is. I'm not going to be a complete cynic. <laughs> I, well. I honestly believe there is really like there is strong powers of the mind. I even did a test with a monk in a shark tank on a show called What's Good for You. Have I said told you this story before? No. no. We were trying to figure out whether you can use the power of the mind to overcome fear. Yep. So this is not this. Yep. This, this is physiological, changing, yeah. but ours was to do with putting a heart rate monitor on somebody who can't meditate versus putting a heart rate monitor on somebody who has the power of the mind. So this monk, who has never been scuba diving, we stuck him in a shark tank with a scuba diving apparatus on and had a heart monitor on, and we watched what would happen to his heart rate, and he did not... It did not. He started meditating. He was sitting on the bottom of this tank. That's an amazing thing. And his heart rate didn't go up. Wow. The sharks flying around. But um, what would have been more scary for someone who's never been underwater like that would just be the sensation. Uh, scuba so diving pretty, terrifies pretty, Yeah, it's me. terrifying. Cool. It was really cool. I love wow. how monks put themselves in these dangerous positions. They're pretty hardcore. Like, oh, <laughs> for, yeah. I, for full-time chillers. Like, yeah. they're pretty chill. Chill, and, but then they like, do these right. really extreme experiments yeah. for science. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they're obviously very confident in their abilities. Well, so I'd like to know a little bit more about that okay. study. I feel like there's a few holes. So you're not okay. going to get rid of your dryer just yet and get a monk in your laundry? <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to? I've got the uh, Panasonic monk. <laughs> well, there are countless stories of the power of the mind transforming people's lives. Think about, I guess, the placebo effect. Um, people walking after they've been told that they can't ever walk again or free divers who manage to control their breath so much that they can go minutes underwater without 
air. So today we're looking into all of this. We'll be joined by former Miss Universe Australia and Survivor contestant Monica Radulovic, who will talk about her experience in the jungle and how brain power can help you just as much as physical attributes. We'll also hear from a woman who has never taken medication in her life and reveal the healthiest sport. And remember, if you love listening to us every fortnight, please subscribe on your favourite podcast app and tell all your friends about us. Let's get into it. So in an episode that we're talking about brain power, I thought it was only fitting to put in a story about a 58-year-old woman who has never taken any medication in her life. So she's had four broken bones, didn't what? take anything for it, and she says that her body knows how to heal itself and to make pain relief chemistry. So it all started kind of with her upbringing. Her dad was a former pharmacist, but he also believed in a lot of naturopathic ideals and in the idea that you need to treat individuals holistically. Sure. And so growing up, if she ever had a pain or a bug, her dad would just say, you deal with it and you get through the pain and it'll go away. And for her, it always did. So he really wanted them to develop these strong pain coping mechanisms. And she said that by the time she was in high school, this was just a way of life. Um, and at 12, she broke her foot. And a year later, she broke her collarbone. And even though it was initially painful, she never had to take anything from it. And she, the feelings just kind of subsided. And so now she has, you know, gone on for 58 years like this. And she believes that in order to fight infections, like our body has an ability to do that and that we don't need to be so reliant on painkillers, saying that she also has never had a really serious medical condition. So like, if, if something was like pretty gnarly, she'd be like, I'm going to emergency. Yeah. So she's I not think, completely and delusional. I think if she was diagnosed with cancer, she, you know, she would seek medical help. She's right. not okay. against medi sure. the medical but profession. But if she had a headache, she's getting out the frankincense oil. She's not yeah. having a panadol. She's just dealing sure. with it. Is, uh, is, is she an anti-vaxxer? And this wasn't in the story. Um, I think she wouldn't be. I think she So is. when she says she hasn't had any medication and the body can heal itself, it's it's mainly to do – her story, Cindy with an I, is that <laughs> it's to do with pain. Yeah, okay. right. right. In pain and your body can cope with pain and you don't need to be reliant on painkillers. If her story was about uh, – I mean, there was this time that, I, you know, I accidentally got harpooned in the chest and I didn't take painkillers. Okay, that's an impressive story because a harpoon in the chest is really painful. But a broken bone and a broken collarbone. So bones are only painful if they're moving. So that's the whole idea of stabilization of a fracture. Right. So you put an arm in a cast, you put a collarbone in a sling. Yeah. If you don't move, it's okay. There's actually no pain. Yeah. So it's not that to me, <laughs> that story. And I, I always find myself with the guy. She's had children, so she's gone through. Like, but who, child, I mean, it, it, correct me painful. if I'm wrong. There's people who give birth without pain. Relief. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And there's also people who, there's adrenaline and a whole bunch of other things. There's stories of, you know, football players who've played grand finals with a broken, with broken jaw yeah. and they've kept yeah. playing. Yeah. And so this to me, I It's don't doable. Know, it, look, it, I, in, the, in that kind of context, it's doable. When you start looking at the things that are extremely painful, has she ever had a kidney stone? Right. Like, yeah. are you meditating through the pain of passing 
you know, a, we need to get a monk. We need to give a monk some kidney stones and see the if they can meditate through it. So I think there is an over reliance on pain relief. Mm, Let's sure. get it from that point That's of view. That's what I was going to say. Go to it too often. Yeah. I think there's times where there's other non medication methods that you can use, whether that's meditation, whether that's rest, whether that's fluids, whether it's, you know, looking at other right. aspects of your life. Um, so I do think that we probably have an over-reliance, which is seen now with you know, opioid addiction and our restrictions now that we're finding those problems. But going to a point where I'm telling a story about being a hero and I've, I've never taken a painkiller when I've had a, a broken collarbone, I don't, she's not, she's not the Messiah. She's not the meditating monk to me. Yet. She's yeah, not. Okay. But what I love, this is what I love about the story. Let's talk about that. I love that her dad was like, you can deal with this pain and it will pass. And I think I think we're really adverse to pain in 2019. We're like, if there's pain, we want to run from it. If there's pain, we want to dull it, kill it. If there's a symptom, let's fix it. Like all these Band-Aid solutions, not getting to the root cause of problems in our bodies. So I think having this attitude of like, yes, there's pain and you can be fully equipped to deal with it if you have a healthy body and a healthy brain. I think that that's a good message. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to be an extremist and if you get run over by a bus, they have to lie in the middle of the street and go, don't take me to the hospital because I'm going to get up and walk. I can meditate through this. But yeah. I think that that's a nice message to teach people is that pain is okay. Pain okay, is a okay, part okay, of okay. life. But flip side this, and this is – flip it. That's your choice as an adult. Totally. So then you have kids and you decide whether I'm going to give my kid Panadol or Nurofen when they've got a headache. Yeah. So that's the big thing. When you're not the per- – and, and the number of times that parents have showed up to an emergency department with a kid who right. clearly is unwell and in pain – and the first question we ask is, have you given them some pain relief? Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, right. Like, right. So okay. Mm. So to me, there's the, this is a classic, another classic example of something I always come back to, which is human ex- being extreme. We love extreme. I never take pain relief. That's just such a, there's no nuance to that as a, how can you measure suffering? We have the technology to prevent that at certain levels. You're not a hero for not taking yeah. pain relief, in my opinion. You're yeah. not sure. this person. I, big deal because the problem is that when you start deciding for other for kids who aren't going to do it to themselves, right? It's like, well, is that okay that you take a, a headache tablet, but, but now you your kid isn't you're not allowed? Give it to your kid. Yeah, sure. And I know so. in one part of this story, she actually had had an infection, and she had a blood test, and they picked up that she'd had this infection and she didn't even realise and hadn't even had symptoms. Like, is that possible? Well, it depends what the infection is. I mean, th- th- again, that's the thing. There's there's so much subtlety to health and science and yeah. biology and physiology. And when it comes to how we interpret it, there there will be times where you have had an infection in your life, you'll have gotten on with life for whatever reason, it'll resolve itself because we do have an immune system. Yeah, right. And then there's other times where that infection becomes a little bit overwhelming, you get more sick, your body can't cope with it, you need to go to a hospital. You and, need help. And you take antibiotics to fix it. And no level, in my opinion, of meditation is going to solve that. Yeah. I mean, poor old Steve Jobs thought that the ways to solve pancreatic cancer that weren't medical. Now, whether yeah. he, he, that's a horrible cancer to get. That's not one of the ones you want. But at some point, you have to go from the extremes of. And I'm a scientist. I'm a I'm a doctor. Yeah. I live yeah, in a yeah. space where I don't tend to prescribe to the. You know what? We can avoid polio by, you know, chanting around a fire. It just <laughs> yeah, doesn't. Right. That's just not how I think. 
So that that's why I always find myself <laughs> on these stories landing in the you're calling bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> she could also have like an insanely high pain threshold. That's right. Yeah, have different she pain could have that. And can and, you grow your pain threshold though? Like, yeah, you can. T- I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the cope, your ability to. I mean, different people cope with pain differently. Right. So you can train yourself. Yeah, definitely. sure. But I think that's a matter of. Mind power, and a lot of the, the guys, that the extreme athletes who train themselves to overcome levels of pain, pain. and levels of discomfort, have just trained themselves. It's yeah. not like yeah. they're a lot of the time they're physically more fit than the the guy next to him. It's just like why is that guy going to win the tour to front outside of outside of drugs? drugs? Yeah, why is that guy going to win and that guy not if they're exactly the same level? Of right. Fitness? Yeah. It's this guy's ability to train himself to deal with discomfort. Sure. And that, I mean, is, is the same as this. It's yeah. like the guy, Wim Hof, who, like, climbed Everest in a pair of shorts. Like, he obviously trained himself. Absolutely. To not feel the cold. To not feel the cold. Well, he, well, it's not that he didn't feel it. Or he, he was he able to deal with it. He trained himself to move past to, that. To cope yeah, with it right. or, to, or to suffer through it, whichever way you want to look at it. Well, I guess it's cheaper than buying Panadol every week. <laughs> Training so, your I mean, brain. What? I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean. How expensive a pair of pants? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's true. A, it depends on the brand, pants, I guess. <laughs> Get some skins. You'll be sweet. So next story, um, <laughs> what do you guys think is the healthiest sport? Okay, I've already – I You've already, already know. I already know. And I don't. I, don't, I just want to say, before we say what the sport is, I'm so excited about this story. Really? Yeah, because I have made a goal for 2019. But say what the sport is and then I'll tell you the goal. Well, well seeing <laughs> you've ruined the guessing game, Andrew, What's your guess? Healthiest sport, healthiest sport. Uh, are we talking holistic? Give me some rules. Holistically, the uh, healthiest sport. It's just, just a sport. First thing, it's just sport. You're overthinking it. It's not an obscure sport. I feel like this is a trick. It's not. A, <laughs> it's like it, lacrosse. It's not or, like pickleball or something a bit out any there. Farthing riding. It's, yeah. It's a real legit, 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 legit sport that's been going down for centuries. Oh, down for centuries. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know for I centuries. Feel like you're, you're really Okay. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible guess. All right, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, tennis. Tennis? What? Yeah. So okay, okay, a Danish no, 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 study no, no, that, that was a 25-year Danish study looked at joggers, cyclists. There was a soccer players, badminton, so a range of sports. Mm. And they found that those who played tennis lived 10 years longer than if you were doing nothing. Okay, so okay. running put an extra three years on your life, badminton 6.2 years and soccer five years. But tennis, tennis was the best. Tennis, guys. And they say this because of the social game because, you know, you meet up with friends and you often play. Community. Tough game to play by yourself. Tough game to play by yourself. Uh, um, so they think that's what helps because being social as you age especially is really important because it helps mitigate stress. Mm. I think that's a really good point. So one of the 2019 goals of the Compton Nouveau household is I said to my husband, I want to become a tennis family this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> like even though we're going to have a very tiny human. With I've, a tiny cute racket. With a tiny, <laughs> tiny cute racket. You've become one of those parents already. I <laughs> Stage mom. Yeah. No, I said to Glenn, I was like, I legit have – I've never played tennis 
Or like occasionally, but I've never been a tennis player. Mm. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And I just look at tennis families, like in movies and stuff, and I'm like, I want to be a tennis family. So what I, movies are you watching? Oh, just what? Just be movies. There's, yeah, there's movies. Yeah. Um, and so that's like <laughs> our goal is to regularly play tennis together as a family. And like buy with a lot of and stuff. I don't Cute know, little Ralph Lauren polos. I don't know how I feel about polo shirts, <laughs> Eliza. But, yeah, that was Great one of my things. Tennis. I mean, I'm glad that's Great come out on sport. top. It's and we really want to get sport. the kids involved and I just, we're going to be a tennis family. And then I read this article and I'm like, we're all going to live 10 years longer. This okay. is great. So can I do that thing that I do, which is just question. <laughs> Criticise? Yeah, sure. Did they? No, no. I don't criticise. Okay. My job on this podcast is to make Ask people questions. think. And what I want you to think about right now is based on those sports that you've told me. Mm. Did they allow for the fact that tennis families, thank you for bringing that visual image to everyone, Matt, because it's going to help my argument, tend to be those that are more socioeconomically. No, I'm really glad you asked that. Oh, here we go. Ah. It is important to note that these associations remained unchanged even when the researchers took into account the participants' education, Uh socioeconomic status and age. I don't get why tennis is a rich person's sport. If that's what you're alluding well, to, only one. You've got to have. You've got to have. It's got to be in a. It's got to be in a place where they can build the courts. Yeah, but you've got you, to be able to. So I'm. I'm talking about extremes. But the only reason I bring that up is because obviously those that are in places where there's more wealth live longer. Yeah, sure. So, Fair call. So the guys that just don't have any facilities and decide I'm. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, editor in chief of Stella, and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend, we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions, and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready, and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum? That is in my mind, twenty-four-seven. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts. In a run. But I'm glad yeah. that you, you've answered my question. Yeah, thank you. So it doesn't you. actually come down to how much money you've no, got. No, but I, court's very this cheap. is... No, it's, not about, it's not about... It's like 10 bucks now. In your now. life. <laughs> oh, it is, I've got a budget for it. Just, just making it rain. <laughs> it is a Danish study, though. So it's an affluent country in the scheme yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah. I'm glad you're excited that about story. that, Maz. Thanks. And I'll we're going to circle back to see if Maz lives 10 years longer. Seriously, <laughs> I will report back on the tennis family progress yes. of 2019. You're going to break five rackets, get pissed off, and never play. No, I make, we'll make your little baby a tennis star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it. Okay, so, like, I need to have be, another be baby honest. first. Are you like, is this going to be like matching rackets? No. You know, little look at crocodiles on your shirt. I'm not, it's not that extreme. Jugs of water with lemon. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to find a little sport that we could all do as a family and tennis good felt choice. like the yeah. right one. It's actually a very good choice. Well yeah. done. I'll stop mocking you. Thanks. But please send photos. Oh, there'll be photos. <laughs> don't worry. Stay right there, guys. Up next, the stunning Monica Radulovic reveals the toughest moment of being on Australian Survivor. Healthy-ish family, listen up. We've got some great news for you. We're about to launch a Facebook group. So you can find us by typing in Healthy-ish Podcast on Facebook or going to the Body and Soul Facebook page. There you'll be able to stay up to date with the coming episodes, ask us questions and find tips and tricks to make every day a little bit more healthy-ish.
Monica Radulovic is an Australian model with a psychology major who was crowned Miss Universe Australia in 2015. Last year, she hit our screens on the toughest mind game of all, Australian Survivor. You're mad. She was able to outwit, outlast, and outplay most of the contestants to make it to the top five. Hello, Monica. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Total, total pleasure. Survivor's on my bucket list. So, really? (laughs) Was it, is it something you've thought about for years and years and then you got the opportunity to go on Australian Survivor and you're like, I'm doing it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be honest, no. (laughs) And, and I was lucky enough to receive a call because this year, as you know, it was champions versus contenders. So they wanted people from the public eye to sort of come on the show. And when I got that call, I said yes straight away because I knew that would be such an incredible opportunity. But I said that with terror running through and I thought, am I going to be able to do this? I was petrified, but I'm really happy that I did it. But what bit bit scared you the most? If you can go back before you know what happened. The physical challenges. I am not a physical beast whatsoever. <laughs> I knew that my advantage would be my social game, my psychology background. Sure. I'm easygoing. I get along with most people. I knew that I would be really, really failing at the physical challenges, which which happened. But backstage at Miss Universe, surely there's like physical stuff going down. You I know? mean, it is. Like, for example, I love to keep active. I love going to the gym, but that's the extent of it. I'm not sort of an extreme <laughs> adventure person. So jumping off high platforms and doing things like that, it was just so out of my element. Wow. So, yeah. and, and is it true? You're, you're not a camper. You're not an outdoorsy. Oh, Andrew, I'd never gone camping in my life. <laughs> Great. So from <laughs> that awesome. to Perfect. living outdoors for two months, a bit of a change. Massive change. Yeah. Was it at all, like, what, is it mind over matter? Definitely. It is? 100%. Every single part of the game was mined because even when it came to the physical challenges, it was all about you putting yourself in that headspace to do it. I could have talked myself out a million times over, but I did and I just kept going. Not trusting anyone. That was a big thing as well. You know, in my day-to-day life, I'm always looking at the brighter side of things and taking people at face value and trusting them before not. Whereas I went there and it was like, don't trust a soul. Everyone's out to get me. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see life. See, I'm the reverse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm great. I'm joking. Now that you've said that. <laughs> yeah. No, don't be like that. Um, did you have any processes, either ones that you'd thought about going in mm-hmm. or ones that you developed while you were there? Because I, I do, I'm a huge advocate, and Maz and I, we talk about the power of the mind and how important mindfulness is a lot. In, in overall health. But did you have any any processes that you had to try to talk yourselves into things you you would never have thought you'd be able to do? Yes. Yes. So my mindfulness practice began just before Miss Universe, actually. So that was about three years ago. I was really stressed out, as you could imagine, going out into the international stage. So I studied up on Vedic meditation. There was this great app, One Giant Mind. I highly recommend it. And it was basically teaches you how to do this simple Vedic meditation. So I did that for 20 minutes every morning. And then I have a gratitude practice. So I write down five things that I'm grateful for. And I've carried that on, not as I guess frequently as I'd like, but before big things, I'm always really, really mindful of starting it up again. So before Survivor, that's what I was doing. During Survivor, I was doing it. We had a lot of downtime, a lot of silent time where we weren't allowed to talk if cameras weren't around. So that's when I'd be meditating and just talking myself up and saying, I can do this and talking about it's bringing me back to the moment because it was really intense, but that helped, I think, a lot. How much does that translate into the real world? What do you mean in terms of... So, I mean, people listening right Mm -hmm. now, how much can they translate what you just described, which which is intense? And before you answer that question, one quick one. What's more cutthroat, Miss Universe or Survivor Australia? <laughs> Survivor. 
Hands down. Yeah, right. Really? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Miss but Universe yeah. isn't as bad as no, people make out. Like, <laughs> you know. And you get a crown. Exactly. I mean, there's no crowns on Survivor. There are. There's <laughs> half a million dollars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a type of crown. But how much can people take what you've just described mm-hmm. and, and apply it to everyday life? I think everybody should apply it to everyday life. And, you know, for me, for example, beginning meditation, it's intimidating to think, well, I I have to dedicate 20 minutes of my day. You don't have to start like that. A few minutes is all that you need. Mm. Even just stopping, slowing your breath, taking a few deep breaths, centering yourself. It can make all the difference, especially in times of stress. Having a background in psychology, I can imagine, is a huge advantage when you've got all these different people in this contained environment for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Were you able to use anything you'd learned in psychology to kind of like psychoanalyze competitors and like figure out their weak spots? <laughs> it's and... so funny, guys, because everyone, <laughs> whenever anybody finds out I did psychology, the first thing they say is, are you reading my mind? Can yeah, you read yeah, my yeah. mind? You and must I'm like, be a mind reader. Guys, that's, it's that's not, that. not the same thing. <laughs> Look, I think what's interesting is what my psychology degree taught me first and foremost, the biggest thing that I took out of that was having compassion for people. And it's really funny. So in Survivor, I mean, that was like an extreme situation, but in day-to-day life, for example, how many times have you guys had road rage, for example? Everyone has it. Oh, like every five minutes. Yeah. Somebody cuts you (laughs) off and you're, you're swearing at them, cursing at them, whatever. What I try to do now, it sounds funny, but it really works, is you just step back and I think, I hope that you're okay. I hope that you're not rushing to your sick wife in hospital or something's gone wrong. And I hope that you you get to where you're going fast because obviously you're in much more of a hurry than I am. So so stepping back... They're just a knob. Or they're a jerk. No, and they deserve to and be you're beat right. down. You know what? Your philosophy is <laughs> because. Something. Absolutely. And, and you, you figure that out one time when you find yourself in a, in a coffee queue or someone, jump, someone exactly. jumps in a queue. And then you later hear the story that there is something bad that's happened to them. That's right. But they're also just a bunch of knobs. There are. <laughs> No, I like to I like to use my way of thinking, Good. and it, it makes it makes me feel more calm. It makes my day go better, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm finding myself sending love to this stranger that two minutes ago I was like really angry at. So I think we can we can take that into all types of parts in life. Um, when it came to Survivor, I tried to do that as well because a lot of the people at one stage or another can get on your nerves. Totally, you're living with these different personalities. Totally, that are trying to vote you out. That don't trust you, you don't trust them. So it was really hard. So I always looked back and thought, these are human beings at the end of the day. And when we saw family members and saw videos from home and things like that, that really brought it down to earth. Mm. Yeah, I guess it humanises everyone Correct. at the yeah, end definitely. of the day. Because it also can be quite a load to take on everybody else's problems. And I can imagine in that space it would be, would be yeah. amplified. I want to know, is there a standout toughest moment from the survivor journey? Mm. That yes. you can recall? Because I'm sure that there are mo- a lot of moments along the way where you were like, what am I doing? This is really hard. Oh, yeah. There this- was one that definitely stands out, and that's the one that I'm sort of most known for. It's funny looking back, but it was the hardest moment in my life, I would say. Wow. So I'm afraid of heights. I don't even jump into swimming pools. That's how scared I am. So when it comes to a pool, I, I climb down. Wow. And there was this 10-metre high thing we had to climb up, mm. and we had to run off jump and reach for a rope that was about a metre away and a metre above us. So it wasn't like you're just diving in the water, closing your eyes and praying for the best. It was literally sprinting off this platform and jumping. I was beyond petrified, but I did it, but I've never done this before. So I jumped up, didn't jump high enough and fell 
I face planted, body planted pretty much in the water. I'd never experienced a face plant. Wow. I didn't know how painful it was going to be. From 10 metres up to, that's a solid belly flop. Oh, man. Yeah. Worst belly flop ever. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part was, if you don't catch your rope, which I didn't, you have to climb back up and do it again. So I did it three times before I got the rope. Oh, wow. Is, was that challenge and overcoming that challenge something now that you've in, now, in, yes. In retrospect, you've seen other moments since then where you're like, well, I could do that. I did that. Yes. So it showed me that this. I'm actually courageous. I did not know I had that courage in me. But that during that moment, I can't tell you. I mean, I was crying. I was shaking. They checked me out for concussion afterwards. Like it was wow. three hard hits. But I think it's moments like that in life that are really hard in the moment are the best things. Like I'm actually very happy that happened because I would have never known how strong I am. Totally. I experience that, yeah. Yeah, and it's nice that you can kind of look back and go, it's sort of funny now that I look oh, back on yeah. it. I gave lots of everyone entertainment yeah. from my try, which was nice. We had lots of things to laugh about that night. <laughs> so after that experience, have you invested in a tent? Like are you going to go camping on weekends? I do. And- I sleep outside now. <laughs> yeah. By choice. <laughs> no, 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 no way. No, thank you. As soon as I got home, laying my head on that pillow, I felt like I never left. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's one thing I don't miss. Good to know what you take with you and what you leave there. Mm -hmm. You know, like beans and rice. Left that there. Left that there. Yeah. Cool. What is healthy to you overall, just as a a real kind of neat little checklist for people? Well, it's interesting because for me, what is healthy has changed as I've gotten a little bit older. Before, what I thought was healthy was this sort of search for perfection, looking as healthy as possible, eating as healthy as possible, exercising as much as possible. And what I actually found by aiming for that, striving for that, I was quite unhealthy. I was I was restricting myself with lots of different types of foods and exercising too much. For me now, health is balance and health is being at peace with yourself. So I love to eat healthy, but it's not all about that. It's like you can have your cakes and things like that if you really want to, not being too hard on yourself. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely. I love that philosophy. Well, I had pizza for dinner last night. It was amazing. And how did you I feel? Oh, I mean, I feel amazing. Yeah. Pizza. We should have pizza for lunch, Maz. Awesome <laughs> but if you okay. had it for dinner, I've got, I've got we're not tips. having it for Why? lunch. Why, see? No, but you, you guys. 80-20. I'm not going to judge myself. Don't judge. I'm judging you. I do have a tip. I do have a tip. If you're going to eat your pizza... Make sure you up your vitamins and have all the nutrients that you have. That's not in the pizza. Am yeah, I, I right? Did. I had a vodka. <laughs> Andrew, that's, that's wrong. That's so bad. Oh my you just said don't take it too seriously. I, I'm not going to do it tonight. I didn't do it the night before. Balance. Okay, pizza and vodka. No, no, no. Dinner of champions. Is that's that the exactly takeaway right. here? Do, that how do we get takeaway. to pizza and vodka? I'm just trying to say, you know, that people should not be so hard on themselves. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Agreed. Monica, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, guys. That's a pleasure. Up next, we tackle a question on the biggest fad diet of all. Stick around. Pizza and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Some choices are simple, like your choice to turn on this podcast. But when it comes to healthy eating, there's so much confusion and so many myths, it's hard to know which choices to make. I'm Brody Myers, Editor-in-Chief at Taste.com.au and in our new podcast, Eat Real Unwrapped, we break down healthy eating into easy, tasty bites. So after the show, search for Eat Real Unwrapped wherever you get your podcasts or at Taste.com.au forward slash podcast.
my body and soul. We love helping you out. So ask us anything. Just send in your questions to feedback at bodyandsoul.com.au. All righty. This question comes from Sarah via email. She has written, hey, I'm loving the Healthy-ish podcasts. It's yeah, been my favorite to listen to on my Sunday morning walks. I like putting the plugs in <laughs> <laughs> just to boost our confidence. This is great. It gives me the inspiration and motivation to be healthy-ish throughout the week. I'm running out of old episodes to listen to, so I have my fingers crossed that Healthy-ish starts releasing episodes weekly in the near future. Oh, it's interesting you mentioned that. <laughs> Seriously. We what? should do that. Thanks for the suggestion, Sarah. Let's get to the question. My question is about keto. Uh-oh, here we go. Andrew's favorite diet. Here we go. My question is about keto. I'd love to hear the team's thoughts. Is it sustainable long-term and would ketoers put back on the weight when coming off the diet? So to answer this, because... They don't trust me. We don't oh, trust Andrew. Classic. Andrew will just get upset. Andrew, because it's upset. It, keto is a trigger word for it's Andrew. So for everyone's is. sanity. I love, I love Sarah and I love that she's created ketoers. Ketoers. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> I, I, who knew? But we have dietitian Rebecca Gawthorne and she will be answering that. Take it away, Rebecca. So Sarah, to answer your question, yes, you would put the weight back on after coming off a keto diet, but that's the same as any fad diet. Um, so the keto diet was actually not developed as a weight loss diet. It was developed to help children with epilepsy. And so when someone goes on a keto diet, so it's a very low carbohydrate diet, so it really really restricts your carbohydrate intake. It has a moderate protein intake and a high fat intake, and that puts your body into a state called ketosis. And the compliance with the ketosis diet is quite difficult because you're really restricting your carbohydrate intake, and that severely restricts a lot of different foods. And there are complications that can arise from that. So you will get weight loss on a keto diet, but that's simply because you're cutting your carbohydrate intake down and your total calorie intake. So when you add those carbohydrate foods and increase your calorie intake again, you'll get to put that weight back on. And you've got to weigh up the benefits of that small amount of weight loss versus the long-term health consequences, which can be things like nutritional deficiencies, because when you cut out a lot of those foods, you're at risk of not meeting all your nutritional requirements. And then there are also other issues like you can develop different gut health conditions. So because you're limiting your fiber intake, you're not going to be having healthy digestive patterns and then that can lead to things like constipation and there are risks of things like colon cancer and other health conditions in the long term. So I'm still all for doing whatever works for you, but I would be wary of those long-term health consequences and weigh up the benefits of the weight loss versus those. Before doing any kind of diet, I would definitely recommend seeing a dietitian or health professional just to make sure that if you are going to go down that path, that you are meeting your nutritional requirements. Stay up to date between episodes by heading to bodyandsoul.com.au. As always, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Yay! Do you want to sing that last part as well? Okay. I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.